Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Off the Leash. Trent Mason Elder with you on a Wednesday, joined in the studio as I am each and every week. Well, maybe for a little bit longer by Andrew Copley and Molly Haynes. Good morning, team. Good morning. Morning, Trent. Andrew's last week. He'll be uh, substituted out next week before he uh, goes on leave. I'm sure he's uh, looking forward to that. But you've got to get another. Got to finish with a bang here, Andrew, and go out uh, with a big show. We've got a busy show <laughs> planned, and we're going to kick off with the Ballarat Cup because there were eight heats run and one at Ballarat on Saturday night, and we have got a tremendous final. Let's go through them uh, in order. Bo- uh, Belter Bubs has drawn the red in the final for Brooke Ennis, $3.30, tab.com.au. In the two, the uh, the veteran Shardale for uh, Jimmy Redenback. We'll chat to breeder owner uh, Jeff Lance a little bit later. $17 always goes around a double-figure uh, odds in these big finals, does shut out. Aston Kometo, horseshoe specialist, $3.50 for Shona Thompson, drawn box three. Four speeds are Andrea Daly at 11 Five fully loaded Neville Wakefield, $6. Six diner hunter Stephen Collins at 7 Spring Bridge has been scratched for Shona Thompson. Diner Paddy, number eight for Andrea Daly at 5 So Rixie, your pest. The nine gets a run for Matthew Wright, $21 chance. And Sanjiro for Jess Grimer is the second reserve at $31. Uh, a typically strong country cup field, Andrew. Yeah, it sure is, Trent. Uh, it's great, uh, great lot of heats on Saturday night and a, and a terrific field, $67,000 to the winner. Um, yeah, it, Aston Kometo, just unbelievable. Came from last again to run equal best time of the night, twenty four ninety six, with fully loaded. Although fully loaded did it a bit differently. He led all the way, used his early pace and... Look, Dinah Paddy out wide in box eight. Um, certainly going to be hard to beat as well, so it makes for a, a terrific race on Saturday. All honours to Shadale in the final heat, Molly, but Poke the Bear was a short price favourite. What did you make of his performance? Oh, look, I just think he was desperately unlucky, and I think stepping back to the 400 after running over 500 is always a difficult you know, task, and unfortunately he didn't jump, didn't jump that well, but... Oh, look, what can you do? He can't be in anything. Although we'd love it, he, he can't be in, a, in everything, I should say. Mm. It's a tremendous final. Uh, Belter Bub's the favourite at the moment. Got the, the lovely draw in the cherry. Aston Kometo, though, Andrew, uh, is are we starting to think that Aston Kometo might be a horseshoe specialist, or is that a little bit premature? I think he is at the moment. Um, it's interesting because he's the son of, sweet it is, champion female stayer. The thing they have in common is they both came from last to win mm. their races. But, yeah, Aston Kometo just doing it over the horseshoe at the moment. He's sort of got fanned out a little bit in the speed star. But he's still very young. He's only 25 months of age and the equal youngest in the field. So uh, who knows what's to come for this grey. And he's got another 12 months probably before he really hits his prime. And, Molly, I'm really looking forward to chatting to Jeff Lance, the owner-breeder of Shardale, who just, for me, is still, you know, a tremendous dog and uh, probably a little bit underrated and just goes makes these finals time after time and is always double figures. He does. Look, I, um, when I was doing a bit of research about the dog um, yesterday, I just, in all of the stories that have been written about this dog, Jimmy's always saying that he's just the best dog. Best dog to have around. He chases hard and he puts in 110%. I feel like that's, you know, half the battle gone. But I think in this Ballarat Cup, um, I was listening to some of the interviews that Simone Fisher was doing for us during the the week and she spoke to Jamie Ennis um, who is obviously Brooke Ennis's uh, husband and he was saying that he thinks Belt Up Bub still has two to three lengths improvement on his heat run which is impressive. The dog I don't think has missed out on a placing in um, at Ballarat in his last I believe 
off the top of my head, I think it was six starts for five wins in a second. So the record for Belt Up Bubs at Ballarat, and I think Jamie, uh, from off memory, Jamie had credited that to them spending a lot of time trialling at Ballarat. And if the dogs are knowing it, you know, every grain of sand on the track, it's going to give Belt Up Bubs every chance in this Ballarat Cup. Who wins? Belt. Belt up bubs for me. I think, you know, the <laughs> stuff it, Andrew. I think um the Ennises have put the polish on plenty of um I think three Ballarat Cup winners. Um and I just find, although I want to tip Aston Cometo, I think it's just really hard. It's hard when he's stepping up to a field like this and you've got the likes of Speedstar in the race who you think is going to be leading along with Fully Loaded, but you don't know how they're going to go leading together. It's um, There's so much speed in that area uh, with Speedstar and Fully Loaded and maybe Aston Cometo can get the run. I know I'm not helping. I'm just throwing names around, really. <laughs> Andrew, can you leave us with a winner before you go on your break? <laughs> well, Trent... To be honest, it is a very open race, but just looking at what happened in the heats, fully loaded, ran equal quickest overall, and he has led in 10 of his past 11 starts. He's a brilliant beginner, yet to win a group race, but he's from an outstanding litter that includes Poke the Bear and Out of Range. I just think if you're a chance to lead, you've proven you can run the equal quickest time. Um, Opened up at $9 yesterday, uh, on uh, Monday, which I couldn't believe. He's now into $9, then into $6. So, um, yeah, I, I think fully loaded's the value. Runner right. from box five. Fully loaded for Andrew off the five. Belt up, uh, belt up bubs off the red for Molly. And I'm going with Aston Cometo uh, for the flying Thompson Kittle. I think can uh, get the job done here at around $3.50. Uh, that's the Group 2 Ballarat Cup worth $67,000 on Saturday night. We'll have it all covered here for you on RSN 927. There's plenty of great uh, entertainment to be had off the track as well, Molly. Yes, yeah, so gates open at 5.30pm if, if you are planning to be on course. Entry is, of course, free. There's dining packages still available. So if you're interested in having a meal um, in the dining area on Ballarat Cup night, make sure you give the club a call. There's a punters club, which is always good fun. There's going to be live music a monster raffle and plenty of activities for the kids so it's going to be a great night out for families and everyone who's wanting to come along to this year's Ballarat Cup. Let's uh, turn our attention north now to Brisbane and Albion Park will host the Group 1 Brisbane Cup final on Saturday night. We had the heats last week. It's another strong interstate feature, Molly. It sure is. Look, we've got four contenders, that are t- contenders, I should say, who are trained in Victoria. Miss Splendor Miro for David Gill was the fastest qualifier. She had box two in her heat, and she's got it again in the final. Um, and as you'll mention a little bit later on, she is the $1.90 favourite to take out the Brisbane Cup. Hasten slowly, he's already a group performer on this track. He won the Group 3 Flying Amy Classic. He showed his strength in the heat over Dinah Chancer, though. Uh, Dinah Chancer just couldn't get into the race and left his run a little bit too late to really flash home as well as he usually does. And, I mean, not available. We spoke about his run before the show. It was phenomenal. Enormous. Just incredible. Last position. And the way he manoeuvred through that field, though, he didn't cause any trouble. He was there. He knew exactly where he was going. It's as if he had a jockey on his back, Mm -hmm. to tell you the truth. It It was a fantastic run. And... Um, just quickly, the last Victorian to win a Brisbane Cup was Dinah Double One in 2015. And look, I think we're going into this one with a pretty strong hand and I'd like to say a good chance too. Well, give us your selection. Who do you think will be winning? 
I think Miss Splendomero, box two, oh, I just think she's going She's going she pretty well. She finds the front and just leads all the way? Oh, absolutely. She's mm. going well at the moment. I think Hasten Slowly, you have to have him in, in the placings. He's placed in, I've got a feeling it's two two or three, maybe even four group races. And But I don't think Hasten Slowly, you know, isn't a chance to win it either. He knows the track. And I know Angela Langton, his breeder and trainer, um, is from, from up that way. So it's always good to for her to, to take out something locally, I suppose. Yeah, you had a good look at the track when he was up there for a winter campaign during their uh, winter carnival. So not to be discounted, hasten slowly. Uh, I think I mentioned that the Brisbane Cup final is Saturday night earlier. It is Thursday night, of course. So uh, make sure you check that out tomorrow night. Uh, Andrew, what do you like here? Oh, hasten slowly. I think Trent, hard to... Uh or oh, easy to forget that he really pushed My Redeemer in a Melbourne Cup heat just a couple of weeks ago, and we all know My Redeemer went on to win the final. So I like Hastings Sally. He's drawn in box three alongside Miss Splendomero in two. I always back a good male dog against a good female dog over the sprint, so he's my selection, and I think he's good value at $4.60. Oh, I'm singing from the same hymn book as Molly here. I think uh, Miss Splendomero, drawn the inside, will find the front and just lead all the way. It uh, tends to be hard to make ground at Albion Park, so I think she's got a, a lovely draw there, and we'll just keep this hot run going for David Gill. Let's talk about this adoption day now at Shepparton that was held on Sunday. Andrew, how did it go? Yeah, pretty good, Trent. Uh, so... 13 greyhounds got adopted on the day. It's the first adoption day that's been held up at Shepparton or anywhere this far north of Melbourne. So terrific results, sort of it's pretty remote sort of territory out there. And um, for those that uh, didn't get rehomed, they head now back to the Seymour headquarters of the Greyhound Adoption Program. And anyone looking to adopt a greyhound prior to Christmas, this is a wonderful opportunity. You can... Uh, make an appointment to go to Seymour or to Baxter on the Mornington Peninsula simply by booking an appointment via the website gap.grv.org.au. And Molly, I think you've got some info that might not be public yet about uh, the next adoption day. Yes, I do. I am. There's no dates, unfortunately, but I know January there's going to be a huge adoption day over three days. It's going to be in Seymour. We did this last, oh no, this year. I believe. I'm going to get my years mixed up soon. But yeah, we did it this year. And I think it only lasted two days because all of the dogs were, were taken, which is a, a huge effort. And, you know, hopefully, oh, I can't wait to see how many dogs are going to be available and how many find homes. I think adopting from Seymour is a really, I find it a really positive experience. Just it's different to being at, at the tracks. The the dogs are in their, I suppose, home environments. They're used to, you know, they're living there. So they're a lot more comfortable in themselves and it's a much more relaxed atmosphere rather than the the adoption days when you're at the tracks because it's like a Boxing Day sale when you're going to the tracks. You, you know, first in best dressed and it's a little stressful at times, but everyone ends up with, a, you know, a really positive experience. But one thing I really did want to mention super quick is um, fostering during the Christmas period is also, um, you know, a fantastic way to, I suppose, experience the greyhound breed. We're always looking for dogs to go out and live in a home environment because sometimes they've just, they've been in kennels and they don't quite understand the slippery floorboards because that's it's one thing that not many people think about but when you're talking about a racing greyhound you're wanting them to be as comfortable as possible yep. and slippery floors isn't isn't one of the things that makes them very comfortable so that's usually why they're why they're a little bit scared of things like that so if you're interesting interested in fostering a greyhound over the christmas period just head on to the gap website for some more information because it is one of the most rewarding experiences hard but rewarding. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys, let's talk about this exciting initiative that's just over 10 days away now. Can you believe it? The first ever National Greyhound Draft. It's set to revolutionise the sport. And, Andrew, 
pleased to announce, as you know, that RSM will be right amongst the action. Sure, Will, Trent. As we spoke to Greg Miller a couple of weeks ago on this program, it really is creeping up quickly. Such an exciting concept, the likes of which we haven't seen before. So just a quick snapshot of how the National Greyhound Draft will work. There'll be 10 teams. They'll be headed by uh, leading trainers and leading owners, including the likes of Robbie Britton um, and... Um, oh, Names escape me, but there's some, Angela Langton's another. There's plenty of them. But RSN will have a team, as you've mentioned, Trent. There's going to be 30 Greyhound pups aged 12 months or less. And they'll be uh, going into a draft where teams will have three selections each. So they'll get three Greyhound pups each. And here's the good news. The RSN team will be led by James Vandermatt, who we all know is just an expert race caller and knows everything that you need to know about Greyhound racing. Uh, and our listeners can buy into the draft, whether it be Team RSN or another team, for as little as two and a half thousand dollars, no more to pay. So that's two and a half grand for a share in not one but three pups, which is pretty good value. Uh, with Jimmy Vandermart steering the ship, I don't know if you'd want to be interested in buying into any, <laughs> into any other team. I'm happy with Jimmy as the captain, but I want to know who's uh, training the three grounds. And I'm a little bit concerned I wasn't consulted about this, so I just want to make sure this is uh, we're going down the right path here. Who's our trainer? Well, what I can tell you, Trent, is there's been three trainers selected for Team RSN. Matt Lanigan from Swan Hills won. Tick. Yeah, well, he uh, just three months into his training career back in 2016, he won the Group 1 Hobart 1000 with Zipping Bruiser. Another trainer for Team RSN is Brennan Purcell. Tick. <laughs> he is the, Brennan's the understudy for Robbie Britton and certainly kicking plenty of goals. He's actually probably the main man behind Ripping Sam, I think, yes, uh, Molly. Yes, yes, that he is. And the last trainer to take one of the RSN dogs is Kate Gorman from down in Gippsland. She trains Monster Fish, who won the 2018 Gippsland Carnival. Um, so three good young trainers, uh, showing plenty of promise being... Led by James Vanamant, I think uh, it just spells a lot of positivity for this team. People can check out the bios, photos and videos of all 30 pups in the draft pool by going to the website 2018draft.com.au. Now, just quickly, I forget which team Ashley Terry is involved in, but I was talking to Ashley the other morning when I went out for breakfast with her and she's doing a lot of research. I'm hearing that there's a couple of hundred page book that she's got all of the dogs listed, their breeding, what they've thrown. She's ready and raring to go. So, um, Team Ashley Terry. I don't know who she, she I can't no, remember she, who she's involved in. She's got her own team. She's got her own team. Yep. So I get around Ashley Terry. I've, I've got to say she's a phenomenal trainer and the research that's going into this is outstanding. So look, if I was allowed to buy into a pup, I'd say I'd be on Ashley's team. It's pretty well, exciting. James <laughs> Vandermark, Matt Lanigan, Brendan Purcell and Kate Gorman, who's another tick by the way, really wrapped to have Kate on board. Assuming you are listening. There's the benchmark, so please make sure you're doing your homework because uh, we want to be, be winning this thing. The, the first ever Greyhound Draft will take place on the 16th of December. That's a Sunday, 10 a.m., and then it will be broadcast live on Sky Racing. Go to 2018draft.com.au to find out how you can get involved. All right, guys, let's keep moving through. We're going to talk about the Gippsland Carnival launch, which will take place tomorrow night, the official launch of Greyhound Racing's 2018-19 Gippsland Carnival. And this promises to be a great series once again, Andrew. It does, Trent. So the launch will be fantastic. Great networking opportunity to uh, get the greyhound industry communicating with the local media and the likes and local businesses. But the actual carnival itself 
will once again incorporate four country cups, starting with the Sale Cup on Boxing Day, moving into the Warrigal Cup on Jan 12, Trogan Cup on Australia Day, and lastly, the Cranbourne Cup on Feb 9. But going to have a bit of a different look and feel this year. The Warrigal Cup will have a Calcutta with Molly uh, on the panel, along with the likes of Matthew Richardson, so that's pretty exciting. But every country cup will have live music, food trucks, free entry, free family activities. Max Gorn from the Melbourne Football Club will be up at the Sale Cup on Boxing Day. Dane Swan to attend the Warrigal, Trogan and Cranbourne Cups. And just something for our trainers as well. Just details yet to be released, but there'll be $20,000 in trainers' bonuses across the carnival. You've just got to have a greyhound entered in the Cups or certainly through the series to be eligible to claim some of that prize. But stay tuned to fasttrack.grv.org.au for all the finer details on that. I think you also forgot, Andrew, the draw card for the Gippsland Carnival launch is Jezzelinko. Jezzelinko is going to be there, the dog, of course. Um, So it's a great opportunity to go down. He loves an outing. Loves it. Loves people. Loves doing something different. So it'd be great to go down and, and see the boy again. It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. Racing. Poke the Bear last out, winning the start. Milky Jones goes through to lead. Poke the Bear hustling up on the inside. Huxley going around the outer. He takes the lead now as Poke the Bear got a check and around them goes Shadale. Huxley leads, grabbed by Shadale. Eight lengths away, Milky Jones, Poke the Bear. Followed by Regazzoni, Tito Mojito, Kinlock Moss. They turn and Shadale and Huxley near the rail. Shadale wide out, takes a narrow lead from Huxley and Shadale out guns Huxley. Wins by a length. Third, Poke the Bear and fourth, Milky Jones. Followed by Tito Mojito, Kinlock Moss. And Regazzoni and the run there 25-39. Shadale there winning his way through to the Ballarat Cup final on Saturday night. And joining us now on Off the Leash is Jeff Lance, the breeder and syndicate manager of Shadale, who's pretty much the veteran of what is a tremendous field on Saturday night. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, good morning, Trent. Well done, congratulations. He gets through to another final and he's probably still a little bit underrated and, and not wanted by the punters. How did you feel, first of all, ahead of the heats, knowing that you're coming up against Poke the Bear? Yes, well, you know, you always hope to draw a good heat and uh, and a good box draw, so it, it really wasn't what we wanted. But um, bad luck and bad, bad luck and good luck plays a big part in group races, and uh, we, we were lucky we got a good run, and uh, poked the bear didn't. So <laughs> we we, we uh, you know what the, the answer was there. We won the race, but uh, that's that's what dogs are all about, you know. It sure is, Jeff. It's Molly here. Now, Shadow is owned by a syndicate of four people, managed by yourself and trained by your brother-in-law in Jimmy Redenback. You've got to tell me how this syndicate and relationship, I suppose, between everyone formed. Well, firstly, Jimmy's my brother-in-law um, and I've been involved with dogs for about 40 years with Jimmy. Um, so he was always going to be the trainer um, and trains all the, all the dogs from the syndicates that we've set up. Uh, it all started a long time ago, and, and uh, there was only a couple... Uh, Bill Shutt, who's one of the members of myself, we had we bred the, bred the litter, and uh, I picked out Shadal when he was about a month old because uh, he was a blue dog, which I love blue dogs. And, um, and a friend of mine who was originally in the syndicate sadly passed away due to cancer, and he, he was the same. He loved the blue dog. So we picked out Shadar when he was about a month old. The other guys uh, in the syndicate, um, Steve Cheney, who's a very good friend of mine and also was a good friend of Chris's uh, uh, who passed away, and Peter Peter Whitehand, the other member who's been a lifelong, lifelong friend of Jimmy Redenback's. 
and had a lot of dogs with Jimmy. So um, we were sort of all in the same area. So we uh, we all got together with Shadale. It's great that you can bring friends together to watch these dogs go around. I know um, when I used to own dogs before I started working at GRV, owning dogs with Dad was probably one of the best things for us. But the name Shadale, is it? am I correct in saying it's named after your friend who had passed away? Yes, his nickname was Shad, uh, like in Shadrack, and um, and he loved an ale. So <laughs> uh, we had a bit of a, a few of the guys put the names in for the for the pup, and uh, I didn't tell them, but I I, I, I I decided I wanted Shadale, so I put Shadale in as number one, and that's what came out. So <laughs> oh, good we were, stuff. We were very happy about that because he's been in, he was involved in, in Greyhounds with us for a long time, and and loved the loved the dogs, you know. So, yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm sure he's, he's very happy watching this dog run around now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Is it fair to say you're a pretty hands-on owner? You, you attend race meetings and um, even help out in the kennel when Jimmy needs a hand? Yeah, well, I've had a licence for a long time. I've never, been, I've never had a trainer's licence, but I've got an attendance licence and I, uh, I enjoy handling the dog. So if we've got two dogs in and uh, Jimmy handles one, I, am, I handle the other. But, uh, yes, I've been involved in that for a long time. Jimmy had a bit of bad health and uh so while he was in hospital i had to look after the dogs for him so um and i learned a lot off jim well everything i know i learned off jim so uh yeah and uh i, I really enjoy doing that yeah yeah now shadale is only a few days away from competing in his sixth group race but i believe at the start of the year he was actually retiring after sustaining a back muscle injury in the tarelgan cup heats yes that was a sad night we we um I did retire the dog um, because uh, uh, at the Trelawgan Cup he he uh, he broke down with a, a drop back muscle, and uh, the two vets at the meeting said uh, that that was the end of his racing career. Uh, there was also another vet that had a look at the dog, and then um, Jim uh, said, "Well, look, leave him at home because my sister loved it, loved him, and Jim loves him, so he just left him in the kennel there." And uh, then he started to sort of do a few things with him and started taking him down the beach with the other dogs. Jim goes, uh, spends a lot of time in the beach in the salt water, took him down there, walked him in the water every day um, and then started laser treatment. And then I got, a, I got a phone call, which was a big shock. He rang me and said, look, I think we can... Uh, he's running around the backyard like a two-year-old and, and the back muscles came, came back up onto the bone, which was a miracle. <laughs> Uh, and Jimmy said, well, look, what do you think? I said, go. He said, well, well I go ahead with him. I said, yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> so when I told the other guys, the syndicate, they didn't believe me. They thought I was playing games with them. But uh, no, he's done very well to come back. It's been terrific, Jeff. And kudos to you because you live all the way in Epping, which is a long way from where Jimmy lives in Cranbourne. So to be as hands-on as you are is just fantastic. But what we want to know is Shadale lining up from box number two in the Ballarat Cup final on Saturday night. He's got a good record from that draw. Had seven starts for three wins and three seconds. How do you think he's going to go? Well, there's a lot of luck in group races, and, and usually all the dogs are, are, are good dogs. They're not, they aren't going to do a fine unless they are. Uh, we just need a bit of luck. I mean, he's, uh, he runs off the track a little bit, so he might, he might sort a couple of the other dogs out. But, but Jimmy's got him... Uh, he's a very well-conditioned dog, and he's... I'd, I'd, I just, you know, I'd rather be out a little bit further, but uh, he's in there and he's a chance. And uh, if he jumps with them and he's close to them, he'll, he'll, he'll give them a bit of curry. Jeff, thanks so much for joining sure. us this morning, mate. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you very much. 
It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. Under the pump for time here on Off The Leash. Molly, give us a litter of the week, please. I've chosen an Allen Deed Gabrielle Allen litter. This is bred by Andrea Gurry. She's a breeder of Lightning Frank. They were born on October 23, so making them around five weeks old. There are 11 pups born, six males and five females. Unfortunately, one passed away, but there are six left for sale, which is fantastic. So make sure if you're interested in this litter, just to give Andrea a call, her details are in the Greyhound Monthly. But first off, Andrea just said... She was absolutely attracted to the gold bloodlines in this litter. Um, SH Avatar, the sire, she just says that she is obsessed with him. And Quiz Bale, the mother, hasn't necessarily thrown champions, but she throws winners. So this is definitely a litter to get around in the future. A gap dog of the week, please, Molly. Scar. I've chosen a greyhound by the name of Scar. He's a four-year-old black male. He raced under the name Tearful Liar. He had just the two starts, but the gap girls tell me he is very well-mannered. He's a placid dog. Dogs, walks beautifully on the lead and they pretty much call him Prince Charming there which is a testament to his character. He's likely to suit a home with children over the age of five years old and with full-time workers because he doesn't mind spending time alone. So if you think you've got room in your home for Scar, be sure to contact Gap through with their website which is gap.grv.org.au. And that brings the end of today's show. Andrew, you're off for a little freshen up. Thanks for everything this year, mate. Enjoy your break. Thank you, Trent. Molly, I'll see you next week. Absolutely.